G'day guys, hope you're having a great weekend. So what I'll play next is a podcast I actually recorded with Jamie. So you can find him, one of our friends of the show. Jamie, it's NRL Fantasy Analysis, got a great YouTube channel. So make sure you check out all our friends and he's got some great tips. Does some good things with Scoop as well. So he's going through and doing all his preseason stuff. So definitely check him out. But what me and Jamie, I, Jamie, I jumped on Jamie's channel, but I recorded the audio. He's letting me play this so it's just us two just discussing our teams as it stands, what, four weeks out from the season. So enjoy. If you've got any questions, please set up, send us anything in the DMs across all of it. And yeah, Talking League textbook, that is out now. So support the cause. 20% of the money does go to charity in the form of Bowel Cancer Australia. So please support the cause, support the potty, and we'll keep bringing you more and more content. All right, guys, enjoy the chat with Jamie. TK finally makes his debut on the channel. Welcome, mates. It's great to have you here. Thanks, JB. Mate, great to be here. Always good to chat some footy with you. But, yeah, congrats on everything that's happening at the moment. Congrats on your, you know, release of your uh, subscription stuff. And also your channel just keep growing from strength to strength, man. It's good to see it. Thanks, mate. Loving the 10-man team that you got going on there. Today, we're going to go through our two teams, guys. It's the first time we've done this and plenty of hype around these two teams here. Very different as well. So, we're going to rip each other apart and, uh, yeah, really sort out a little bit around structure as well and how, we look to setting, how we'll be looking to setting up our teams as well. So, to kick it off, we've got TK's team. What an absolute name that is, by the way, as well. And... There's plenty to like about this team and some plenty of interesting stuff that I think a lot of people will be interesting to, interested to comment on as well. We kick it off up top with No Gun Hooker. Tell us a little bit around that. Yeah, originally I had Reed Marnie in there and then I also thought about Robson because Robson's got the late buy. But at the moment, I was thinking that maybe I will go with Aaron Clark. I'd like to see it. It has to be him starting, though, at lock. So if he starts at lock, I think he'll get that 50, 55 minutes. I think with a great PPM that he does have at lock. He's just a good jewel there. I'm just not convinced at the moment, JB, that that the hookers over a 27-round season, I'm not sure if there's going to be that many that play 80 minutes. I think Robson will. Grant probably at the start of the season. And I think South might start managing Cookie a little bit. So I just want to kind of see it play out before I spend big in that area. And then I guess one of those things that between Aaron Clark, Tanner Boyd doesn't have a huge amount of job security in my, in my eyes. And then Brandon Smith, he's still got a bit of a transition period to see how he kind of settles down into that spine at the Roosters as well. So that's kind of my thought thinking. If there was going to be a change, it probably will be for Reed Marnie because especially now that he's going to be on-field captain at, at the Doggies as well, that probably means that he'd probably play at least 70 minutes because I was a little bit afraid of maybe do New Brown coming in and maybe taking some minutes. So if there was going to be a change, it probably will be for Reed, man. That's interesting. Yes, he's sort of, sort of still thinking a, a little bit cheaper. And just before we move on and ask a few questions, I wanted to show the textbook guys that the uh, Talking League boys have put out. It's a massive comprehensive guide on all the different players, plenty of Q&A in there, uh, lots to talk about. But we've got him on Aaron Clark here, and this is by Jake and Riley, two of the, the writers uh, and guys you'll see on the podcast as well that have spoken about Aaron Clark, and they have him at a 51 to 53 average. So they outline the strengths and weaknesses, and uh, the, you know the boys love a narrative as well. So uh, did you 
think very similar similarly to the boys there. Yeah, it's it funny. We haven't released the Titans podcast, but the boys have done a stellar job. Like the two were the, the biggest brains in our kind of talking league. So two of the people to get around for sure because they put a lot of homework into all of these. But when we recorded, because we st- we stacked up heaps of them on Australia Day because I wanted to keep it relatively quiet and just get as many out as possible. And I think I recorded about six teams podcasts that day, and I reckon I changed my team every single time I did a podcast, but the Titans, they just seem to be very relevant. They've got the likes of what, Clark, Tino, Fafita, they've got Tanner Boyd, and that's just to, to start with. So, when we did that podcast, yeah, yeah, they had me thinking pretty pretty deeply and all that, but yeah, Aaron Clark probably wasn't in my team until that, and then when the boys did a Thursday Q&A on the, yeah, Thursday, Wednesday, what day do they do Q&A? Wednesday Q&A. Uh, Kyle and Andy were talking about his value as well, and that got me going as well. Aaron Clark was not in my team until probably yesterday. Yeah, mine. I just went through mine before we did this video today, and it, it changed heaps. And surprisingly, the first time ever, I've actually been super excited about my team. And, of course, it's the start of February. <laughs> so, very painful, but uh, we'll get into that as well a little bit later. But, yeah, jump in this and check it out, guys. Uh, plenty of information and so many different guys' perspectives. Like, you obviously got me. Uh, and Scoop from our channel talking about guys. But, yeah, you've got so many different people across the podcast and the textbook to have a look at. So, jump in there and do that. But let's move back to the team. I just wanted to ask about that with Aaron Clark. So, you're not spending, you know, a couple hundred K, two to 250, you know, uh, with Grant being sort of in the mid mid 850s there. Uh, where are you spending that money? Is it using that on Tarpany there? Yeah, Tarps for sure. I just think that he'll come out all guns blazing, really like him. Nico as well, set and forget captain we're nearly spending what a million bucks there and i guess mm. i'm going a little bit harder with one of the wing fullbacks with joseph sualihi but apart, apart from that patty carrigan he's going to be carrying a little bit of cash there but a lot of mid-rangers as we all do and i guess it's one of those things at the moment with brandon smith and just hammer i just thought maybe go with the pack like i got burnt like even though i finished relatively high like two years ago i finished what 230 and then last year it was 420 by memory but the thing that yeah. really burnt me in both seasons, and you've got to learn from your mistakes, is I've had really bad round ones. So I really want to kind of just maybe go with the pack round one. And even if I don't, like, go overly well, I don't want to be like, last year I was like 23,000 after round one. So <laughs> yeah, that's a lot. <laughs> that's the thing, right? And then you burn trades, because I'm very good at correcting it as well. But by the time you correct yeah. it all, you've burnt, like, heaps of trades. And then it might be round four before you start making some inroads. So you've got a lot of teams, yep. like last year, Ed got off to an absolute flyer, and then he ended up finishing that top 25. So I think that's exactly what you need to do. Start off, just do relatively well. If you can kind of be in that top, what, 2,000, you reckon, JB? You're doing relatively well. Yeah. You saw, um, I think, Will, who won it last year, was 900th. Um, but a couple of the top three guys were all in the 2,000 mark, or at least in the first three rounds are in the in the top 500. So um, definitely the way to go about it. Because as you said, you can not burn a few more trades, save a few for that buy period, and then have enough at the end to create that final 17, which is what we want. So, yeah, Brandon Smith is the clear one. We kind of just have to have him to to go with the pack and you know because if he comes out and does really well you you're Gonskis basically he's going to go up 50 100k in the first few rounds yep. uh, and then he's going to have the buy so like oh do you pick him up after round five and then by the time you you get through four or five rounds there's so many injuries and suspensions it's hard to even get a bunch of these players in if you even if you want them so yeah definitely something to think about there yep. uh, we've got Carrigan as well with Tarpany so really strong mids I, I think that looks great Next thing I want to actually ask you about was the fact that you've got Lioro and Katoa. Do you think they're 
that they're both going to play on the edge. Yeah, I do. A little bit of mail out yeah. of Melbourne. That they're probably the front runners there. So, wow. be interesting. That's I th- good news. I think we're going to get an edge, even if it's not those two. We're going to get at least one cheap edge, right? Because the other guy that's probably in the mix there is Joe Chan. Like, he had a really good season over in the Super League. Comes from great pedigree. You know, we love using that word pedigree. He's actually got it because his dad actually played for the Storm, right? But the thing is, like, I know he's coached relatively well, Steve McNamara, over in at the Catlins. And Steve coached at the nice. Roosters for a number of years. And he's a really good coach with really good systems. So, if you're going to take a player out of the Super League, you'd want it probably one of the players coming out of Steve's system because it won't take them too long to adjust back into the NRL. So... Pretty high on Joe Chan. I think the other one, obviously, if they want to go for experience, is Tarek Sims, right? Because they could easily play mm. someone like Tarek for the first 20 minutes, and then maybe Chan can play, you know, that next 60 or maybe 50. Or, you know, Trent Lioro, like, he's got a really... I think it was 48 average from four games on the edge I saw the other day, which is which is yeah. pretty cool. But he's been in the system as well, and he, he played really well in the mid, too. So maybe they won't want to muck around with that too much as well. But I think it's just one of those placeholders, because I think that's kind of the top. And if Joe Chan gets a start, well, we can just downgrade and we can spread that cash elsewhere. That's fair. And even if Sims does play a little bit, guys like Katoa, even if he gets that 50, I think he's going to do plenty um, in that position anyway. So he's kind of in and out of my team at the moment, Katoa. I just wasn't sure if Liora was going to get that. But TK, always the mailman. Guys, listen up to TK's podcast. Get in there. Yeah, there's always a, a little bit of mail. He does seem to know everyone. So <laughs> and I wouldn't it does say pay that. off. <laughs> Uh, Next thing I wanted to talk about was the amount of sort of 400K, 450K type of guys in your team. Is that a strategy that's worked pretty well for you in the past? Yeah, it kind of has, but you've got to pick the right ones because they're they're 450 for a reason, right, Jamie? That's right. Because they've done something in the previous season that, like, it hasn't come really off. I guess I don't mind spending the 450s on people that are still developing the game, guys like Xavier Savage. So he's going to have a full preseason, another full preseason under his belt. You saw him with his shirt off. Everyone's been putting pictures of him on. So, mate, he's looking pretty ripped. He's ready to go. Expect him, especially with Fogarty starting from round one. Well, touch wood, he starts from round one. I think that would just help him, help him out as well. And the combination only gets stronger with him, wide and and then the hooker as well. be interesting to see who they go with at hooker. But I'd rather spend it on a young guy who I see like hasn't reached anywhere near his peak and still has a lot of development on than probably an older guy. Like I still, even with Eli Katoa, it'll be interesting to see how he goes as well. For me, it's probably not a huge risk. The only risk there is, is who do you replace them with because of that price? Like the guys that are at 600K in that, there's a lot of good veterans around that price that you can easily go one for one if it doesn't work out. But if it doesn't work out at that 450K, you could be in a little bit of trouble. So they're the type of guys that you'll be watching very, very closely in trials because you want to see some good form out of them. Yeah, I agree with that. That 600K type of guy, if you do get it wrong, you can easily fix that mistake. Whereas the 400K guys, you're probably going to have to downgrade to a good cheapie and then upgrade one another 450K guy um, to like a 600 type. And then, yeah, you're burning two trades, aren't you? So, um, yeah, I completely agree with that. You've got the guys in the 400s and 300s there. You've got Tanner Boyd, young, younger star who's got improvement in him. Mm. Ilias, the same. Lioro, Hopgood, Suali'i, Savage, um, and Katoa and Ghana. So they're all guys that can, you know, Ghana's got a different role, but they're all guys that could definitely step up and improve themselves. And then, you know, the situation they're in as well. So, yeah, I'm really liking that, uh, the way you've done it there. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about Swali there with, you know, we think he's going to get that center role in such a good team. I'm, I'm actually predicting Roosters to 
come first this year on the ladder. Do you have them a similar spot? Yeah, if they stay healthy, 1-17, to 17, yeah. they're, they're looking stellar, right? And I saw yeah. they released a, a, a clip of him at training yesterday. Did you see that? No, I didn't see that one. Okay, so he makes this break, and then he throws this no-look pass to put to, uh, Tupo back under the sticks. <laughs> it was incredible. Oh, wow. <laughs> and He's incredible. Daniel Tupo's a big man. Joseph Suali, he's bigger. Like, he's put some more size on and only, like, because he came back relatively yeah. late from the World Cup as well, so he's just growing. You think he's only 19 years old. Like, the world's his oyster. Yeah. Like, he's just played. I agree. When yeah. you think about how well he played on the right wing for the Roosters last year and then at the World Cup playing very well at fullback, you know, he's going to contract year. I just feel like under 500K, I don't see a, a – considering we think that he's going to get that left centre spot, so he'll get a duel. And, like, realistically – it's hard to spend a lot of money. Like, we've got Jack Bird. You know, there's talk about him being injured and probably missing. Well, they've got to buy him round one anyway. But the thing is with them, with all the problems they have off the field and with injuries, like, where does he even play? The only play we want him to play at 13, right? And that's where his kind of value yeah. would lie. Apart from him... You love Bird, don't you? <laughs> mate, mate, I do. Well, you know, I'm a Sharks yeah. fan, so I'm a debt of gratitude. Mate, that's he played true. the grand final with a discladded elbow. Like, he was yeah, incredible was in that game. And then the other guys that I'm probably having a look at, and they're probably a little bit too expensive, and I don't really want to take a chance, is the two Broncos, both Herbie Farnworth and Katoni Staggs. I see some value in there. I actually think Farnworth will be the breakout centre if he can stay healthy. Like, his average with Ezra Mam in the four games that they played together was 50. Like, they've got a good little yeah. left edge happening there, and you add Walshy to that attack as well, a little bit, you know, more attacking upside there. So I'm really interested, but I don't want to do that round one. Like I said, I don't want to take too many risks around round one. I want to go with the pack, kind of be in that top 2,000 or so in that first kind of, you know, two to three rounds, and then make a few more strategic moves from there. But with jo- Joseph Sualihi, I guess the thing is, they need to fit where Joey Manu fits in this offense. And towards the back end of last year, we saw probably the best way for them to kind of work is Sam Walker just taking leading the ship, Kiri out the back leading the left edge, and then that means that Joey Manu gets to float from the right to the left. So if you're a right center and you're floating to the left, that means all the ball is going to go to the left. So I'm pretty much liking what I'm going to see with Joseph Suolihi. You think Sam Walker's got to have a target in terms of bombs of Suolihi and Tupo on that left side, two guys that are, what, six foot four or five? <laughs> like, yeah, that's a be crazy. big advantage, right? So yeah. I'm t- tipping that his natural progression will put a few points on there. And then, yeah, he, he did really relatively well. I was pretty impressed with what he did last year. I can see him averaging mm. 42 to 45 and probably being... For me, the number one centre, maybe for NRL Fantasy this year. Wow, massive call. I like it. Uh, and if you're not sure on him for round one, guys, I think round five is probably going to be a good target as well. If he comes out absolutely firing, at worst, you're probably getting him at like 570. And yep. if he's going to be a gun, 570 is fine anyway. Um, I just don't want to miss right. JB on the Dolphins game and the Warriors' first home game. Like, that's even yeah, though that they, and then they nice. go into Souths and then a bye, I just don't want to like miss out on that because I think they might rack up a score on one of those two teams. Yeah, for sure. Um, Yeah, just for more for those people that are worried. He's he's probably going to float in now to my team for sure. What are your thoughts on the centre and the wing fullback position this year? We haven't got a lot of sort of guns that we'd be looking to pick. You've got Latrell with a tough start. Teddy, uh, last year, didn't go so well, but usually starts, you know, pretty comfortably. Yep. 
and they've got an early buy, for example, do you want that in your side? Centres is really probably only like Val Holmes. There's not a lot of sort of mid-tier value in that centre position. What are your thoughts on those two as to how you want to play it uh, and how you suggest others might should play it as well? Yeah, it's a great question. And last year I probably got burned a little bit because I went Ryan Pappenhausen and James Tedesco from round one by memory. And I guess for this year, yeah. when you think Pops is injured, you got... Ponga that's injured, and then you've got Tom Turbo that's injured, and you think Tom Turbo and Callum Ponga look really, really nice priced, right? But the thing is, yeah. do we need to do it from round one? Maybe it's better to maybe get some certainty up in the pack. Guys like I picked Tarpany, Carrigan, get a good captain like Nico Hines, and I think that will kind of just kind of let us play out because we might get a few more different cheapies as well that kind of play out like we've got well I've got Hayes Perriman in my team as well like I'm not that confident that he holds his spot especially if they start losing games yeah. as well right but I am confident I think you need to have two guys that you're really really high on and those two guys for me are Savage and Suwalee so that kind of only leaves what one wing fullback the way I see it as well I think Tyrell Sloan will have a really good season this year like his skill set is like really high and you think he can ball play yeah, as well time. For a young guy, there's not a lot of young players that can ball play the way that he does. So he's got the opportunity now with, unfortunately, you know, Cody Ramsey going down with the injury. Like, the spot's his. And then you go again, you've got Jack Bird going down with injury. They might have to move Moses Embiid to 5'8". So he's got no competition. So They've got too much going on, don't they, Dragons? Wow. Yeah, absolutely, man. So it's one of those things. I don't want to go too hard too early. Guys like Isaac Thompson I prefer because they play on the back end of a back line that's probably going to be, if not top four, probably top six. So I prefer yeah, that. Definitely. The other guy I thought about was Remus Smith. The news of him kind of yeah. being slow from rehab doesn't, I don't like too much. And that probably puts my thought towards the hammer because he's got that jewel. And then again, mm-hmm. he's so highly owned that I'm thinking, do I want to mess with the pack here? I can find other ways that mm-hmm. I can probably get some, some other advantages during the year. So I might just go with the pack there. But, yeah, that's kind of my thoughts. I don't really want to spend above 500K on the on the centre or wing fullback position and just see it play out and then maybe work up to it. Because I think at the back end of the season, we're probably going to need guys like Teddy and having a look at the draw. Yeah. Teams like Cronulla, teams like the Tigers, they all finish relatively early. So be interesting to see who we pick out of them. Yeah, for sure. Um, would you be looking sort of around five, six, seven to try and build up to close to a gun in the centre and wing fullback or even later? Yeah, those two Broncos really, you know, do you think the... <laughs> excited. Man, they've got a buy on round 16. So we don't have yeah, to go great. too early, right? So we could probably yeah. wait till round three and four and still get a little bit of value. I guess Katoni Staggs is second year post-ACL as well. So he had a good season, but he didn't, like, score too many tries. I'm expecting a bit more of a bounce-back factor from him this year. And like I said, Herbie's yeah. just got to stay healthy. If he stays healthy... He's amazing. Yeah, I absolutely. think he's great. Young Herbert. All right. Uh, the only real questions I had now was, what do you, where do you see Tamari Martin shaking out? Yeah, well, yeah, that looks like he's playing at 5'8". No, it's not too... Yeah. I think he's just a great 18th man, Jamie. Like, he can okay. cover half, fullback. Like, I don't think that his upper side's going to be more than 35. Like, I think he'll average yeah. somewhere between that kind of 29 to 35 mark, somewhere around yeah, there. Right. So, let's say 32. So what would that give him, like 10 points of value? So it's not like he's going to blow us away. But on that on those weeks where we get like a weird suspension or like a hamstring, a grade one hamstring strain, he might be able to just yep. do a job just to make sure that we're filling a 17 every week. So he's more kind of like an 18th man. You're not spending too much money. 
His job security seems pretty good because they've brought him over for a reason. Played good footy at Brisbane last year. I thought it's one of those things that I think a lot of the good things that he was doing on the field last year at fullback weren't scored, but he'll be doing a lot more defence, and I think that will kind of bring his average up. Perfect. All right. I think that's pretty well it on the side. I think, yeah, what we know from most years, guys, is that if you spend up a good amount in the halves, they're usually really consistent, usually something decent in the hooking position, the mids there. They're your big three sort of positions early on where you can bank on those points and then you're kind of wanting to find some centres and wings that have a role set, you know, set in their favour from a better team usually. Obviously, Hamiso is, you know, someone who's super talented, not in as great of a team, but you look at Swali, Savage, Perham, all, you know, dogs close to a top eight team and the other two are thinking, you know, definitely in that top eight. So they're the type of players you're looking for as starters and then you have a little bit of cover across your whole interchange bench there. You've got, you know, you all the way from, you know, probably only missing a mid. I oh, know you've got Hopgood, Hopgood that's going to end up with that jewel as well. So you're covering every position on the bench. So the team looks good, guys. Let us know your thoughts on TK team and we'll move on to my one. So I was just, yeah, playing around with it earlier. I actually really liked how I ended up. I ended up with zero in the bank. So I, I made one change um, to drop 7K so I could end up with Carrigan in the side. And, uh, yeah, really happy with how it looks. At the moment, there's a couple of things I could have changed. I've had Grant for the whole time and then ch- changed into Robson just to free up a bit of cash. But mm. if I was to change that, it would be Grant in for Robson and Wilton would go down to Katoa. That would be the big one for now. And then... I'm very interested in Savage. I think he's just going to be a little bit safer than CNK. Uh, but at the moment, with the extra cash, I uh, just don't have that. So, And then you look at the bench, and they're all kind of placeholders at the moment. There's some interest in a few of them, but I don't have guys like Ray Stone, Sonny Luke, Dury, mm. Cam Pereira, uh, Matamua, and Sloan are all options that could come in, but we'll find out more through the trials. So uh, that's where we're at, TK. Let me, you know, what it roast me a little bit. What are our thoughts on the squad? Nah, it's looking strong, man, especially up front. I like it. Like, if I could fit Reese Robson, I would. Because I think there's only going to be maybe, like I spoke about before, maybe two or three hookers that will play over those maybe 80 minutes, like close to those 80 minutes. And I think given what he produced last year, I think he, he's just a big part of the Cowboys and they need him playing big minutes. Carrigan a love. I just think, yeah, especially early on in the season, he's got a lot to prove too. Like, uh, the only thing that, that messed him up last year was just the origin. Like, Brisbane didn't get the way they managed their origin players well at all. Like, see how many games they lost yeah. in the back end of the season. Brandon Smith, you've got to go with him because you're just matching the pack pretty much on that one. Provides good versatility later on in the season as well. Adam Elliott, I was mm-hmm. on. The reason why I'm on, I'm trying to find some more information, like, about him because he's not training with the main group at all. So sorry, yeah, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, that's the reason why he's not in my team. And I saw oh, okay. I was stalking him and Millie a few weeks ago, and I saw yeah, nice. him cooking Millie a little bit of dinner, and he had he had an ice pack. I can't. I think it might have been his calf, but I've heard that he did have a bit of a hip problem towards the end of the last year as well. So yeah, pretty much in any photos that they're producing from training, the only player that is unsighted is Adam Elliott. So is he training with a rehab okay. crew? So my only concern there is if he's with a rehab crew this late in the year, like for me, he has to play 60 minutes. Like, is he going to yeah, be able to play 60 minutes? Like, that's going to be mm. interesting. So that's, that's big news. So, well, I suppose that's okay. If we find out a little bit more info on that, we can change him because, as you said, there's a bunch of guys around that 600 mark. you got the, the Gilberts and, and the like there yeah, mate. as well. Um, 
Mate, Gary Clark can get in the side as well. So yeah, absolutely. And I think the other guy that you might want to consider is Daniel Saifidi because he's yeah, been thought about him. Yeah, he's been there from day one. The coach is giving him plenty of raps. Apparently, he's like breaking all sorts of fitness and body fat records at training. So <laughs> train the house down, baby. You got to, mate. He's ticking those goals, right? So yeah, just yeah. maybe consider that. Just watch that. But Adam Elliott's still in my sights. Good if he plays that sixty minutes. Great price there. Hopgood and Garner, great edges. Nico Hines, I'm going to maybe disappoint you here. Matt Burton's the same. Matt Burton's not training at the moment. He's just had surgery. Oh, come on. <laughs> how, so, do we, how do we find out this information? Are you just stalking everyone or just nah, looking at the, the just, training? No, nah, they said a couple of weeks ago he had he had surgery in January and then someone sent me some stuff right, about okay. their scrimmage yesterday and he wasn't playing. So their halves yesterday... Yeah. Yeah. And, mate, their halves yesterday apparently was New Brown and Josh Reynolds. Yeah. And Flano was running wow. the reserve grade. <laughs> Holy moly. Yeah. Okay. It's all happening. So that'll be interesting to see kind of how that plays out, mate. So I oh, guess... What have we got? We've got a month till round one, so it's still pretty close. Yeah. So I guess it'll be interesting to see how that plays so out because yeah. they would have upgraded... They upgraded, what, Josh Reynolds, where's recording this on the, what, the third of the second. They, rec- they were upgraded him yesterday. So he's in top 30 now, yeah, so okay. he can play round one. So That's no, exciting for him. Good on him. He was. Uh, everyone was pretty happy for him. So, absolutely. Nico Hines. A, yep. The sorry, just the the Alamotti news. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Is he the the recent talk is that he's training there and and Burns is not training in the top seventeen? Yeah, I haven't. To be honest, that hasn't come across from any of my sources, but it wouldn't surprise no, me. Okay. Like Alamotti is. Yeah, a, that's just the, the, is, what I've heard recently. Not nothing. Yeah, set in stone, but that's the only reason he's in. But I suppose he can he can be traded out. Yeah, um, what, for another guy anyway. What but if I was, he's in now, I want him in my team. <laughs> what I was thinking, JB, on that one is because you know Tommy Talao's been in my team, but the same thing is going to be he's going to be very hard at this point to be replacing Naden and Stafford Toa. What I was thinking is because I've done this heaps of times during this preseason as well. I'm waiting for them to just be surprises. I'm going with a team that kind of, I think, will be there for round one, if that makes sense. Yeah, so then if the, the surprises come for that team list, I'll go, oh, wow, Paul Alamotti. Well, I can save some money by downgrading this guy to there, and then I can kind of upgrade. Just kind of thinking of it that way, that I'd rather yeah, be surprised now and make... Great theory. Yeah. But that's only my yeah, craziness, um, and you know how crazy I am, mate, so... Yeah, that's fair. That's one of those things. Um yeah, that'll kill me a little bit if, if he's not out in there or, or tell out as well. That's you know, I've got to pick someone that's probably 300k plus there. Um, yeah, any other thoughts around Mate, the back three? Lockie Miller, I just don't know. Do you not have him? No, wow, I actually noticed that you didn't have him at all. I have him as just a clear must have, but I just don't like the fact that he's turned up the four weeks before the season starts. <laughs> Like, I don't know about combinations. He hasn't got much experience. And he he was yeah. playing in a team that was on a roll last year, a team that was coming second. Nico was doing a lot of the – he wasn't – like, I think he'll be required to do a lot more at the Knights than he was at the Sharks. And that's not always great because the more times sometimes you touch the ball, yeah, you can make some breaks and all that sort of stuff. But it also does lead to errors, especially if you're not used to being in different scenarios and put into different positions under pressure at that level of game and the pace – he also came into the team relatively late in the season when it was middle of winter, like him having to play under fatigue in the summer. I just don't know. I want to see the tr- first trial, which probably again, because Callan might not play that first trial, I want to see them all together. Yeah. Which, Would be nice. <laughs> yeah, which isn't great, <laughs> the mate. The thing I see with Miller is that, 
He's just said he's just such a obviously a good runner of the footy, super quick, and is a big meter eater himself, and can yep. get a lot of tackle breaks just on his own belt. Like he doesn't have to do it um, on the back of a terrific forward pack and stuff. It's you know coming out of trouble, it's kick returns and stuff where mm. he can get a lot of his base. Was just my general theory is he'd at least be able to score somewhere around the thirty mark just in you know ta- uh, just in runs and tackle breaks there, and then anything on top of that was sort of gravy. Was my general thoughts on him? So yeah, absolutely. Like he does have a fantasy relevant game, that is for sure. Mm. It's just kind of like how it all unfolds, and but yeah, it's not a bad one, especially if he plays really really well in that first trial. Then maybe he can because Knights have a really good draw to start the season. So for a guy yeah, like him good. that can accumulate a lot of points, you might want to go with a pack. So if I was ever to downgrade, if I was going to downgrade Savage, it probably will be to Miller or even Sualihi. Maybe I would go with Miller. So it's food for thoughts. He's yeah. definitely still in my mind and definitely someone that you should be tracking for the trials for sure. Yeah, yeah as you said, just watch the trials anyway. Um, what are your thoughts on Mr. Wilton at the moment and his prospects of playing sort of that 70 minutes at least and then Mitchie Dunn as well? Yeah, I love it, mate. Like, Wilton's such a good player, man. And Fitzy's been looking for two, like, edges that play big minutes because he has one in Nakora who plays 80 minutes every week. And I think he just needed to find a space for Wade being Wade being the captain. But now that Wade kind of is willing to kind of step aside... I think Wilton is the man, and I think he will play huge minutes. Like, it'll be 70 minutes minimum, I think. And I wouldn't even surprise me if he plays 80 minutes. The more interchanges yeah. kind of fits he has up his sleeve, the, the better. Like, if he has two 80-minute two edges, that probably means that he might be able to start using McInnes maybe at hooker. So he just saves yeah. he just saves an interchange by not having to replace his two edges. And Wilton's, like, if you watch the last four games from the Sharks... Wade Graham got really caught out and it really threw out Matt Moylan, especially in defence. So they need someone to protect Moylan that is, like, Wilton's like 23 years old. This prototype Fitzgibbon, like, depending on how old you are, you might not have seen Craig Fitzgibbon play, but Fitzy back in the day, man, like, Jesus, he was like just a tackle machine, did his hit-ups, protected his halves, like... That's what we can see out of Teague Wilder. Teague Wilder's come through the system. I'm surprised South Seven tried to pinch him, considering that John Morris is his uncle. So, be interesting. So, but yeah, mate, I'm all for that. The only thing that you probably just got to just be wary of is always like how many players are we going to carry from the same club? Like for me, I think it's yeah. two max, which I think you've you've only got you pretty much got the two relevant guys from the Sharks anyway. But I guess yeah. you've gone Garner as well, so. You probably don't want to go down the Cleary path, but yeah, like I always mm. thought that maybe you'd get paired Hines with Garner, and then you paired Wilton with with Cleary, and you kind of get the same result, maybe a little bit, but without the risk. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, I definitely thought about that. I don't really have too many guys with early buys at all with Titans guys. It's just Boyd, so it's definitely something to think about. It's where Carrigan, as you said, is going to be so good, and, and any Cowboys players for sure. Um, and my only interesting one. The rest of the at the end of this uh, team there is is Georgie Jennings mm. and he was incredible for a couple of years there with the Storm and obviously did his ACL at the start of last year. But if the Storm can can go well, he's got that nice base. So I'm really looking for him to get a spot at the beginning of this year. And if he doesn't, obviously we can change it. But I think he's going to be pretty solid when you've got you know the Khan Prayers and these type of guys that are untested. I think someone like Jennings is going to be really cool. So think about slotting him in your sides as well, yeah. guys. Yeah, I like it, especially if we get a cl- bit of clarity because at the moment, that you know, they haven't given too much about Parps. Parps has been kind of speaking himself, saying he'll be back when he's ready, right? So he hasn't yeah. even commenced it running. Been mid-season or something, who knows? Well, from what Brian then or physio said, like, maybe it might be mid-season, right? So you might be able to, yeah. like like we discussed so. 
with Isaac Thompson, like maybe it's the way to go. Like you'd rather have someone at two fifty on the end of a back line like George Jennings, like then try to take someone from a lower team. Like we know the Storm are going to be scoring tries and scoring well. So yeah, I, I like the shout, especially if we can get a little bit of clarity from Pops, man. Thank you very much. So the only issue here is that you've bloody graved me up on a few of these players. If they're not training, other than that, we might have to change a few things. But thankfully, it's uh, you know, the big big money guys and Burton and Elliot that you know, are easy to easy to change for sure. But, Mate, um, any some, final thoughts? Yeah, on, yeah, absolutely. On the teams, I was just going to say we didn't touch on Mitch Dunn, so it'll be interesting to see how the Cowboys go yeah, there, yeah. right? Because they're talking about like I guess. For the Cowboys, they've got a lot of interchangeable players, right? Like Cohen Hess used to play on the edge. They're talking about maybe training him back up. And then you've got Mitch Dunn, who I really, really rate. I really like his work rate, his skill set. And for me, he'll be a perfect left edge. I guess it all depends on how his health's going. You know, they recruited Jack Grzlowski, and then they've got Luciana Leilua will come back eventually, right? So, And yeah. then you've got Helium Lukey, who's probably scheduled between that round five and eight, but they'll probably take him maybe on Cotton Wool for probably a little while because you probably want him playing in the back end of the season. So, oh, sure. yeah, I like it, man. If, if Mitch Dunn is there in round one, I think there's a little bit of money to be made because his break-even's relatively low. It's like 20s or something. Yeah, I'll just look it up for you. Now, Twenty, yeah, 26 <laughs> on the dot, man. So it's a great call, and you can kind of... I guess we don't have to... I guess that's the other thing. Like, our team now isn't going to be our team even maybe in, like, eight weeks' time. Like, if we can get enough cash, if just say he averages 40, he'll put, he'll put a bit of cash on, and then we can convert yeah. him into someone else. So, yeah, I like it, man. Our team's not, our team's not going to be the same in three weeks, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. The other one is Mowali because... I don't know, like, I've got to... It's not, it's not the great... No, no, but he could see a few minutes because out of South, like, this is not a, like, a great source. This is just a punter telling me something on, like, a chat that he reckons that yeah. there's a bit of mail that Havili has been injured and will be out for a while. So, Ooh, I don't wow, know. That is he's, not... He started my, playing really well back in the last year. Yeah, that's not one of my regular sources, and that is not from my South yeah. sources either. So, that could be just a total G up. So, we just got to wait for that. But if that happens, then someone like, you know, Mowali might play a few more minutes because he've really played some really good minutes in the mids there last year. And, you know, Mowali is their kind of guy that they're really rating in their system. So, he might be the beneficiary there. Yeah, I guess, as we know, there's going to be so many things that are going to change over the next few weeks and our teams are going to change so much. Last year, I didn't really make my team uh, until later just to, just for the fact that it changes so much, but didn't start incredibly well. So this year, we're making a lot of different uh, squads to kick off the year and hopefully that's the uh, the game changer. But big thanks to you, TK, for making your debut on the show. Uh, check out the socials for TK. He's posting on, uh, on Facebook plenty with Talking League and all the boys and check out the podcast as well. Thanks for being here, mate. I appreciate you having me on, man. I'm sure that we'll do it again and touch points during the year. But, yeah, shout-out to your crew as well. I know you've got a great crew on your Discord and all your followers as well. So, big shout-out to everyone and best of luck for everyone for the season ahead. Good, man. Thank you very much. And don't forget to jump in the description, guys, and hit that private group link and join that. Can't wait to see you in there.